welcome to the Happy Gut Podcast. I'm Jamie Wagner, registered nurse and gut health coach. I believe that gut health is central to your health and well-being. On the Happy Gut Podcast, we talk about how the gut affects every aspect of your health, including your digestion, skin, hormones, mental health, mood, behavior, cravings, weight, and well, basically everything. If you're struggling in any of those areas, then you're in the right place. Or if you simply want to implement healthier habits so you can live more vibrantly, energetically, and joyfully for a longer time, then you're right where you need to be. On the Happy Gut Podcast, my goal is to empower you with science-backed information so you can fix your gut and live your best life. Let's dive into today's topic. Happy Tuesday and welcome back to the Happy Gut Podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about how weight loss or trouble losing weight is related to gut health and healthy, non-drastic steps you can take to live a healthier lifestyle. But first, I want to start by saying that weight is not always a good indicator of health. People come in different shapes and sizes, and some people are naturally going to be a different size than other people, and that is okay. I don't like to use the scale as a measure of health because it doesn't always tell the full story. For example, muscle weighs more than fat, so if you're lifting weights more often and working hard with that, you may actually gain weight or not lose weight, but that doesn't mean you're unhealthy. There can also be fluid fluctuations in the body that cause weight changes, so just keep that in mind. So just please don't obsess over the scale. There are other ways to measure health, like your energy levels, mood, your digestion, and just how you feel in general. Obesity does become an issue, though, for many different reasons that I'm going to talk about. So maintaining a healthy weight and a healthy lifestyle for you and your unique body is important if you want to avoid inflammation and uncomfortable symptoms, as well as disease and more. So let's talk about obesity. We all probably know that it's an epidemic, but what happens in the body? First, let's talk about the two different types of ways your body stores fat. One is subcutaneous, which is the fat located just below your skin that keeps us warm and cushioned. The second is visceral fat. This is a collection of adipose tissue around the organs, which can cause health problems. It's very stubborn and it can be hard to lose. It increases leptin, which is an appetite suppressant hormone, which you'd think is a good thing because if there's more of that, would my appetite be suppressed? But it can actually lead to resistance of it. When this happens, your body is so used to high levels of leptin that it decreases the ability of it to decrease your appetite. So this causes people to feel constantly hungry and causes them to overeat. High levels of visceral fat are correlated with overconsumption of calories, insulin resistance, which leads to increased blood sugar and later type 2 diabetes, as well as increased cortisol production or that stress hormone. There are two different theories when it comes to weight. One is called set point theory. This theory is an idea that the body works to hold a stable weight that is determined by your genetics and nutrition, and it's influenced by physical activity, stress, and toxin exposure, and your body fluctuates between positive and negative energy balance, and your body is trying to find that set point. The next theory is called hedonistic theory. This is the idea that your brain's reward center can drive weight gain without a change in your set point, and that certain foods like refined, high-sugar, processed foods can disrupt your reward center in your brain. This then influences long-term excess calorie intake. There are also two types of obesity, metabolic and hedonistic. Metabolic is when the set point for energy balance in the body rises. 
This can be caused by dysregulation or desensitization to these hormones that regulate hunger and satiation, which are leptin and ghrelin. Hedonistic is when chronic intake of excess food overrides your set point. So let's talk about the problems that obesity can cause in the body. Adipose tissue or fat tissue in the body releases pro-inflammatory cytokines, and inflammation can cause weight gain, and weight gain can cause inflammation. And like I've talked about before, inflammation can cause tons of problems and symptoms in your body. When it comes to gut health, obese individuals have less microbial diversity in their gut overall, and we want a lot of microbial diversity. They also have more firmicutes, which is a type of bacteria that can negatively affect fat and glucose metabolism. They have less bacteroidetes than leaner individuals, and this type of bacteria is more favorable in the gut because they produce something called short-chain fatty acids, like butyrate, that are associated with lower levels of inflammation and protection from leaky gut. So basically, research is showing that obese individuals have more of the unfriendly bacteria in their gut microbiome and less of the good and friendly bacteria in their gut microbiome. Did you know that microbes in your gut are able to control your behavior? That sounds kind of wild, right? It kind of reminds me of Ratatouille when Remy is controlling Linguini the cook. You have to see the movie. But anyway, it's true. One study showed that individuals who crave chocolate have certain microbial metabolites in their urine than individuals without chocolate cravings do not have. So basically, the study showed that these microbes in these people's bodies that uh, crave chocolate, they were able to kind of control their cravings, which is just wild to think about. Diverse microbiomes have been associated with lower body weight, and they have less influence over host behaviors than microbiomes with less diversity. This is because more energy is expended on the competition between bacteria, and less energy is expended on microbial fitness. This can occur when there are fewer varieties of bacteria in the gut. When this happens, microbial populations manipulate the host behavior or your behavior through cravings, for example, to boost their own survival. Gut microbes may also influence your taste receptors. Sometimes I wonder if my taste receptors changed because of the changes I made with my gut health. I used to be one of the pickiest eaters in the world, and as I got older and started adding more foods to my diet and changing my diet to be more gut-friendly, I am way less picky now, and I'll eat pretty much almost anything. So I, I believe my taste receptors have actually changed, and I kind of wonder if it goes back to the gut microbes. Because over time, I've changed my gut health for the better, and I probably have a lot more friendly bacteria in my gut and a lot more diversity. But anyway, not only that, but your gut microbes can affect leptin, that appetite suppressant hormone, as well as glucagon-like peptide 1, which causes reduced appetite and the release of insulin. And then also it can affect ghrelin, the hunger hormone. Gut microbes can also influence how many calories are expended from foods. It's been found that lower levels of bacteroidetes in the gut and higher firmicutes increase caloric harvest from the diet by about 5% of your total daily energy intake. So if you have lower levels of the good and higher levels of the not so good, you could be getting 5% more calories in your diet. For example, one bacterial species called Acromancia mucinophila is associated with lower levels of obesity, diabetes, and other metabolic disorders. A higher concentration of Acromancia in the gut supports healthy weight by increasing fatty acid oxidation in adipose tissue, as well as creating short-chain fatty acids that affect energy and lipid metabolism. 
So this one particular good species of bacteria, acromantia, can affect the way that your body uses the nutrients you take in, your caloric expenditure, and your weight, and many other things. It may also support the integrity of the mucus layer in the gut, helping to prevent leaky gut and inflammation. So that's just one example of a good species of bacteria that can impact you in a very, very positive way if you have enough of it. So now you can probably see how your gut health can impact your weight and amount of visceral fat in the body. I gave you lots of different examples of how gut health is related to your weight management. I want to give you some ways you can support your gut health as well as weight loss or weight management. Like I said throughout this episode, your gut microbiome can very much affect your weight, so it's important to nourish your good or beneficial gut bugs. So how do you do this? Number one, reduce overly processed foods from the diet, and ideally get them completely out of your diet. Now, this doesn't mean to eat less. A lot of people think that just reducing portion sizes is the answer to losing weight, but actually, it's more helpful to include more fruits, vegetables, heart-healthy fats or omega-3 fats, and high-quality protein. It may also be helpful to consume probiotics. One study showed that specifically lactobacillus rhamnosus could be helpful. In this study, overweight women who supplemented with this during a weight loss program showed significant reductions in fat mass and bad bacteria compared to women in the control group, and they continued to lose weight and fat even after the weight loss part of the study was done. But those that didn't receive the probiotics regained weight. So that's just something to consider. If you want to learn all about nourishing your body with foods that are good for your gut health and to help you lose weight, I'd highly recommend checking out my Food Foundations course, which is still at a discounted price. I cover everything from the dangers of sugar to how to build a gut-friendly plate to organic versus non-organic, gluten, and many things in between. It also has tons of resources, including a huge recipe ebook. The link to that is in the show notes of this episode. That course is jam-packed with tons of valuable information, so I really encourage you to snag it now while it's at a low price. So my number two tip is to increase physical activity. This is what most people think of when thinking about losing weight. Studies show that exercise positively affects firmicutes to bacteroidetes ratios and the production of butyrate, a short-chain fatty acid that has many benefits that I talked about earlier. You don't have to go super hard on exercise, though. Like I talked about in the stress episode, sometimes too high of intensity workouts can cause more issues, especially if you're not eating enough. So even just going for a walk every day can be helpful. It doesn't have to be this super long, super hard workout. A third thing to consider is to be mindful of using antibiotics. Of course, antibiotics are needed at times, but they kill off both the good and bad bacteria bacteria in your gut and can make room for overgrowths of bad microbes, including fungi, which can cause issues. It's even important to watch antibiotic use in children. Antibiotic exposure prenatally or within the first year of life has been associated with higher risk of obesity in childhood. And my fourth tip is to manage your stress. Go back to episode 9 and listen to my episode about stress. It can actually contribute to weight gain and inflammation, so getting it under control can be incredibly beneficial. There are many other things that can contribute to weight gain or trouble losing weight, such as thyroid issues, hormone problems, autoimmune conditions, and more. But many of these issues are linked back to the gut, so it could be very helpful for you to check into your gut health no matter what you're struggling with. It's all so connected. It all leads back to the gut. 
And I just want to remind you, the number of pounds you weigh is not the only indicator of health, and it's not something I focus on much with my clients. Remember to focus on how you feel, your energy levels, your confidence, your mental health and mood, how your clothes fit, how your digestion feels, your muscle mass, and more. Those are much more important than the number of pounds you weigh. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Gut Podcast. And again, just a reminder, the link for my Food Foundations course is in the show notes, or you can go to www.itsjamiewagner.com slash food dash foundations to learn more. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Gut Podcast. I'll be back next week with another episode. If you liked it, I'd love it if you could leave a positive review. I'd also love it if you shared it with your friends and family, maybe your coworkers, maybe your uh, barista, whoever. You can find all sources and a link to my website in the show notes. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at It's Jamie Wagner. See you next time.